Oh my goodness. We need to do this more often. We never get time for a date. Yeah. I love those little ones, but it's really relaxing to have an evening away from the chrysalids. Plus, who better to spend it with than my wife of nearly eight years? I'll toast to that. <sighs> so, speaking of eight years, it's probably time that I tell you something. Um, sure. What is it? I have an arch nemesis. You have a what? An arch nemesis. They go by Reverse Christie. Reverse Christie? Yeah, they sometimes go back in time and mess things up for me. Not like big timeline changing stuff. Okay, slow yeah, down. Time travel. They mess with me. Kind of like a gremlin. Following? Of course. I'm so sorry for keeping it from you. It's just, it's so embarrassing. This sounds, like, more horrifying than embarrassing. Oh, oh no. You haven't seen it yet. It's just really anno- Why are you looking at me like that? You have, um, spinach in your teeth. It's reverse Christy! Ugh, she's at it again. Well, I don't know if that's really the ca- Oh my gosh! Oh no. What is it this time? I was looking at the bread basket, and look! There's a big old bite out of the roll suddenly! I can't believe it. Reverse me couldn't even let us have a nice night out. Well, <laughs> that's okay. Maybe we can just quickly pay and... What? My wallet's gone. Reverse Christy! I don't think this restaurant is going to believe us about your temporal nemesis stealing my wallet. We might have to make a break for it. <sighs> Promise me once we sort this out we'll do something calming and fun, like... Talking about comics? Yes! I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's on Infinite Earths. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome, readers, to our first episode of Flashpoint. Yes, we are back to DC after taking quite a long Marvel break, stepping a little outside of our comfort zone. Is, is it a Marvel break? Would, would you call covering Marvel like a break? I mean, I, I guess it's something different than DC, but we've really mostly kind of gone back and forth. We yeah. just did two Marvels in a row. We did two Marvels in a row. But one of them's an X-Men, which is like basically kind of like almost i always feel like x-men's like its own thing no yeah i think you're right so i don't know i don't think we've been away from dc that long it's been a while <laughs> it's been like nine months or something right you know it takes us a bit to get through things yeah um well anyway yeah we're covering flashpoint it's going to be a two issue saga we are not covering any of the mirrored amounts of, of crossovers, or not crossovers, tie-in series to this, because DC is not on, they don't have an unlimited as Marvel does. Yes, we know about the new DC service, but they're mm -hmm. not quite as extensive, and there is no way we were going to buy 60 extra issues of comics just to cover <laughs> some of them. Does Comixology have a Comixology Unlimited now? They do. I guess I'd have to see how much Flashpoint was on there. There's a lot of Flashpoint tie-ins. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm not saying we should have read them all. It's just like, you know, for for 
our readers that are really big DC fans if they wanted to get in on all of that action. Yeah, I've heard that that's a pretty good way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. They don't have complete series, though. That's kind of the point of Comixology Unlimited. It's all like a little, little amuse-bouche. Uh... Just a little... So the first hit's free, except the first hit is not free. <laughs> the is, first hit still costs the money. Costs money. <laughs> the rest also costs more money. Right. Oh, man, we probably need to edit out that drug reference. <laughs> hey, no, I feel like that is a very strong anti-drug sentiment behind it, right? Oh, yeah, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people love Comixology Unlimited, but I, I love my complete series, so I'm... And they have they have some. As you far don't as even I know. get complete series of things on Marvel Unlimited. You get a bunch of them though. Yeah, but you'll start reading a run, and it's like, oh, well, this next twenty issues is gone. Guess that's not important. Yeah, they'll get there. <laughs> well, anyway, so Flashpoint. If you've seen the what the third season of the Flash show, mm-hmm. that is heavily based off of this five issue. <laughs> <event>. <laughs> Also, it's uh, it's written by Jeff Johns, who we've not had on the on the podcast yet. Some things, yeah, we should invite him. Oh, Jeff, John- <laughs> Jeff Johns would not come on the podcast. <laughs> he started out as a comic book writer, but now he's like a real big shot in the movies. Like he's like the creative director of the movies. Not to say he doesn't still also write comic books. Mm-hmm. He is a guy who loves the original characters. From the Silver Age. He is a big you Silver You can't tell that at all from these issues. Yeah. He also tends to make them l- as, like, trying to be more serious. That's, a, that's, like, two main things about Jeff Johns that I feel like we really need to know going forward. Yeah. To me, that kind of fits the tone of DC just in general. I promise it's not always like that. Okay. There's also something we're maybe going to have to get into before we get too much further, and it's kind of not very fun. It's going to be something kind of serious. We're going to mention in the credits of one of these issues an editor named Eddie Berganza. So Eddie Berganza no longer works at DC Comics following a few allegations of sexual assault. He no longer works at DC Comics. Mm -hmm. We just wanted to mention it. We do not condone Eddie Braganza, we will just say that he edited this comic because he did. All right, so are you ready to head into summary? Sure. Flashpoint number one, written by Jeff Johns, penciled by Andy Kubert, inked by Sandra Hope, colored by Alex Sinclair, lettered by Nick J. Napolitano, edited by Adam Schlagman and Rex Ogle. And Flashpoint 2 has the same credits, except for Eddie Berganza being the editor, as we mentioned in the opening. Flashpoint 3 has the exact same credits as number 1, except it is edited by Rex Ogle and Kate Duray. Barry Allen wakes up from taking a cheeky work nap to find that not only is Captain Cold apparently now known as Citizen Cold, but also, um, he's not the Flash? Uh Uh-oh. He falls down a set of stairs attempting to run at super speed to find his mom at the bottom. However, his mom is supposed to be dead. His dad is supposed to be alive and in prison. There's no Superman and clearly things are wrong. We cut to the apparently unchanged hero Batman as he cruelly interrogates a villain about the whereabouts of the Joker before dropping her to her apparent death over a ledge. Barely catching her is Cyborg, 
who also looks relatively the same. Hooray for some constants! As Barry tries to figure out if his wife is still his wife, she isn't, and otherwise what is going on with the world, we, the audience, find this out through superhero group exposition. The heroes of this weird new world all meet together to decide what to do about Wonder Woman and Aquaman, who are waging an incredibly devastating war across Europe. Cyborg begs for intervention, while many of the other heroes are apprehensive. On his side in general are Captain Thunder, a version of Captain Marvel, as well as the kind of out-there element woman. After some tense arguing, Batman says he is out, which means all of the others are out as well. Poor Cyborg. We end the issue as Barry sneaks into Wayne Manor, which is much more dilapidated than normal, with no Alfred. In the very bare Batcave, he is attacked by Batman, who reveals that not only is he not Bruce, Bruce is dead, and he is Thomas Wayne, Bruce Wayne's father. We start off Flashpoint 2 in the Atlantic Ocean with a group of pirates led by a very cool eye-patched Deathstroke, whose pretty vicious crew is attempting to search for undersea salvage. As they search, they come across another boat captained by the DC character Warlord, but everyone on the boat has been brutally murdered. Then they notice the top of the Eiffel Tower poking out of the top of the water as they are then attacked by Aquaman. See, Aquaman has flooded a huge portion of Western Europe, and the salvage they were looking for was under sea banks and museums. Well, Last we'll see of them. We cut to the Batcave as Batman very much does not believe Barry's story that he is likely from an alternate future or timeline. The only thing Barry seems to still have from his other life is his flash ring, which he opens to reveal the suit of the reverse flash. Barry explains Eobard Thawne's whole deal before explaining to Batman what the original Earth is like. Upon hearing Bruce survives in the main timeline, Batman is in to help, but Barry needs to be the Flash again. Meanwhile in London, the Amazons and Wonder Woman have captured Steve Trevor, who confesses to being sent there to extract Lois Lane, who was working as a spy for Cyborg. Wonder Woman talks of a counter-spy against Cyborg, who will be welcome in the New World Order. After gaining this information, Steve is presumed killed. Back at Wayne Manor... Barry and Thomas set up an elaborate kind of lightning rod, electric chair, slash chemistry set to try to duplicate Barry's origin story. However, after the chair is struck by lightning and chemicals explode all over Barry, instead of turning into the Flash, he is simply very, very badly burned. Oh, jeez. Issue number three begins with the U.S. president telling Cyborg that he is going to have to send in the troops after the failed attempt to rally the superheroes. Vic tries to request more time, but the president is adamant. We also see, but Vic does not, that the element woman has snuck in to listen before quickly escaping unseen. Well, poor Barry is covered in bloody bandages with burns all over his body. He insists to Batman that they need to try this whole scheme over again. Batman is pretty apprehensive, but Barry is worried about his memories rearranging to be that of the new timeline. He wants to get moving before he forgets his old life. 
Turns out lightning does strike twice though, because after they get set up again, Barry gets hit by lightning and re-becomes the Flash. We also get a quick cut to London as Lois Lane meets up with the London Resistance after sending a communique explaining that the final battle between Atlanteans and Amazons begins tomorrow. Barry explains to Batman Thawne's full and entire deal of being able to change time, while Barry sadly cannot. Barry explains that they need to reassemble the Justice League, and that means Superman. Well, there is no Superman, unfortunately. Only a rocket that struck Metropolis when Martha Wayne was pregnant with Bruce. The rocket's whereabouts are unknown, but Cyborg can find out. They meet up with Vic, offering him their help in the fight against Aquaman and Wonder Woman in exchange for the location of the rocket. Vic hacks into government files, finding a Project Superman. Cyborg takes Flash and Batman through the sewers into the secret Project Superman, bypassing the guards and finding an emaciated Clark Kent being held in a cage. They break out the quiet and completely stunned Clark, fleeing from the Project Superman guards out in the sunlight. As soon as the light hits Clark, he starts to float before lashing out at the guards with his heat beam eyes. However, he becomes startled and flees into the sky, leaving Cyborg, Flash, and Batman to deal with the guards. All right, well, Christy, what do you think of this comic book? I, you know, it's. It's got kind of an interesting start, kind of some fun stuff with, oh, the world's so different. Let's see all the fun, different things about the world. But I feel like some of the exposition of the story could have been a little bit more artfully done. I'm with you on this one. I also really enjoy the art. So this is a return to Chris's on Infinite Earths artist, Andy Kubert. He uh, illustrated some of the X-Men issues back in Phalanx Covenant. Oh, which do you remember which ones? So he illustrated the adjectiveless X-Men issues from Generation Next. So it it alternated Joe Mad, Andy Kubert, Joe mm. Mad, Andy Kubert. Actually, it just did that throughout all of X-Men history. It's still happening right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just it's just a mad Kubert cycle. Well, anyway, he he's changed a little bit as an artist. Mm-hmm. He reminds me a ton of Jim Lee. Granted, early on, he reminded me a ton of Jim Lee. He just reminds me now of modern Jim Lee, which makes me think there's this like Jim Lee, Andy Kubert co-evolution <laughs> that is happening throughout history. I, I mean, I also really enjoy the colors. Yeah, I think it, it his art benefits really well from modern coloring techniques. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Alex Sinclair that did the colors. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was very pretty. You know, DC tends to win me over with some very beautiful art, even though their stories are not necessarily the stories I tend to go for. They just got that. And I know there's fun DC stuff, but there's a lot of serious DC stuff. It's been a lot of serious DC stuff that we've done. Also, their crossovers tend to, I think, be extra serious. Right. Like, they're always crises. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And even I though mean, th- most crossovers that we've covered so far have been right, but like you cover Spider-Man, there's a lot there's a lot but of yeah, series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't they don't have crossovers with comic relief. No. 
And Jeff John specifically doesn't do a lot of crossovers with Comic Relief. We'll probably cover another one of his at some point because it's another crisis. So this is not labeled a crisis, but it is basically a crisis. Yes. The at the end of this series, we are going to have an entirely new status quo for the DC universe. Mm-hmm. So it is. This is a somewhat important book history wise. Right. Things. Thing. This is a, a changing point. Um, I, I keep feeling like we need to explain things too because the last we saw of Barry Allen, he was dead. <laughs> yeah. So the last uh, DC, I guess the only other DC crossover we've covered was Crisis on Infinite Earths. Right. We, we actually we are definitely not doing these all in alphabetical or not alphabetical. In, <laughs> we are definitely not doing all these in chronological order or alphabetical order. No. There's so no order. so far we're good. We've done Crisis Flashpoint. That's alphabetical order. Well, I mean. But we've done a lot of other things. I mean, I guess DC in alphabetical order. But then we started with Secret Wars. And then Phalanx Covenant. Oh, we ruined it. We ruined the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Well, so since Crisis and now Flashpoint, Barry has come back from the time or like the flat or he was in like the Speed Force or something. Nobody stays dead in comics if they if people like them enough. Right. He, I might be I might be over or undersimplifying or rather he's back. You just don't question these things. He is back because Jeff Johns wanted him back, basically. Yes. Yes. So Barry's back. Um, also, there's that beginning bit where he is chilling out in his car as a kid and his mom is fixing the car and he's like, why is no one stopping, Mom? If it was me, I'd stop. And she's like, oh, don't worry, Barry. I'm the only one who can get this car started anyhow. That is the point where Eobard Thawne comes and kills his mom in the oh. normal timeline. Okay. And you're now, supposed I'm to kind so of... I'm so used to the show that I'm just like, well, she's not in her living room. Like... Right. Um, and then her... his dad is framed for the murder Mm -hmm. that's the normal the normal story it wasn't always the normal story in the silver age i'm fairly certain barry allen's parents were alive right right i mean he even talks about how well you know originally my mom was alive but then he went back and he killed my mom and that was that was like normal that's the life i'm living right now but Mm -hmm. now apparently she's alive again right and but everything else is wrong too so this flashpoint is basically it's a wonderful life but it's darker and it's with superheroes. Yeah. But instead of what if you never existed and you could see how great your life would be, it's what if your mom was actually alive, you horribly selfish jerk. <laughs> but we should we should make the point of it's not just Barry's mom being alive that's messed with the time. Like other other things have been intentionally messed with because we 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 hear from Barry that, you know, oh, Reverse Flash wanted to make sure I didn't have the Justice League in place. So he did all of these things to make sure Batman wouldn't be Ma- Batman or Superman wouldn't be Superman, all, all of those things. So it's not just Barry's mom still alive. It's that the, the Justice League isn't there also to help him to fix it. You make a very solid point. You're right. It's not just that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does... He, Eobard Thawne just absolutely loves taunting Barry. He's just like weirdly sadistic about messing with Barry Allen. What's interesting is we really don't see him in these comics. We see kind of so we're little blurs. Yeah, we are definitely kind of almost taking Barry's word for it, which is kind of buck wild to me. Uh, I kept wondering if there was going to be a twist where it wasn't actually the well, reverse we, Flash. We I mean, get a suit and everything. I mean, I guess. 
I kept, a twist would have been fun. Yeah, I kept wondering when the twist was going to happen. Spoiler, I don't think there's a twist. I, I read this when it was coming out, mm-hmm. um, which was very close to our wedding. That's how long ago this was. Oh, my goodness. It was coming out the summer of our wedding because I remember I was my friends actually, I think, for the bachelor party went to the comic book store with me to pick up one of the issues. That sounds exactly like something that would have <laughs> happened during your bachelor party. Yeah. <laughs> So, White Castle and comic books. Yes, that is absolutely true. <laughs> so, I, the summary, we, we did a lot, I think, toward this book. This book is actually very short read-wise. It is theoretically a lot of pages. I think it's around 80, 80 pages. Yeah. I mean, and there's a decent amount going on with the art and everything and, you know, some nuances in there of things to look at. But in actual, like plot that happens and dialogue it's not super heavy on that which i can really appreciate Um, yeah you know we've definitely read issues where it was like okay maybe a little bit more show don't tell and this is definitely a book that shows yeah but it also the showing doesn't tell you much this book the one one problem with this is uh, for me is it seems like it just moves really slowly Mm-hmm. And when it needs to make a big leap, there's like one page with like a ton of text that just tries to explain everything to you. Yeah, there's there's whole pages with almost no text, like mm-hmm. sometimes several in a row. Mm-hmm. And then there's like an info dump. Right. And that happens in these issues a lot of times in the form of, oh, Barry's memory is getting changed to fit this timeline now. Mm-hmm. And here's all the things about this timeline that he's now suddenly remembering. Right. I think those are maybe the most artful part to me because they do just do it in little like chunks. Like this is Abin Sir. He is a spaceman mm-hmm. where like, but to some extent, Jeff is definitely r- making you rely upon a lot of previous DC knowledge. Abin Sir is the alien who gave Hal Jordan the ring yes. way back in the Silver Age. And in this, he just never died. So Hal Jordan's still a pilot. I feel like there's two ways to go into this. Go into it just with my default approach to comics of there's a lot you're not going to understand. Just go with the main plots. And if there's some fun little Easter egg moments you get, yay! Or you can go into this like a really, really faithful and devoted DC fan and really appreciate all of these references and things that you know that other people don't. Right. And one of the, I feel like I'm just going to talk about all the problems with Flashpoint. One of the problems with Flashpoint also is how much information's covered in the crossovers that you don't get in the main book. Now Mm. that, that, or not the crossovers, the tie-ins, because it's Mm -hmm. all just a ton of miniseries. There seems like there's some really fun groups, like the Secret Seven. Right, which do is, they have? Do they get they a mini? Do. Okay, so they're just a bunch of magic users. That's their whole deal. Mm-hmm. Some of which are very obscure, and some of which are really not. Like Zatanna is in there, but she's not shown because they're like all appear invisible when yes. Cyborg has the has the the Council of Elrond. Mm-hmm. And there's, but it seems really fun. And then Captain Thunder, who in so uh, Captain Thunder. Is Captain Marvel mm-hmm. like so in, in the in the main DC universe? There's a boy named Billy Batson. When he shouts Shazam, he turns into a full grown man superhero named Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. You might have seen the trailer for the new movie Shazam. Oh, They're not calling him Captain Marvel anymore because, well, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. That seems like a great name to me. <laughs> Probably like a movie that everybody is, should definitely go see. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I don't even think the superhero in DC, I'm fairly certain, isn't even called Captain Marvel anymore. Mm. I think they just call him Shazam. There you go. But now it's seven children. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry. Six children and their pet tiger. <laughs> yes. So in in, in a old school Captain Marvel comics, there is a talking anthropomorphic tiger named Takitani. Yeah. We we saw Takitani in, in Crisis. Right. Well in Flashpoint, he is a he is a actual tiger <laughs> that these kids just have. Of course. But what's cool is all the six kids possess one of the six attributes of Captain Marvel mm-hmm. or in this Captain Thunder, which like is like the wisdom of Solomon, the wisdom of Solomon, the is it the strength of Zeus or or the... The, something of Achilles too. And I was like, I yeah, it's a, it's it's an it's an acrostic of Shazam. Oh, yeah. okay. Let me see if I can find it. Which is that's why Solomon is so strange because the rest are all like Greek, right? And then it's like Solomon, definitely not Greek. <laughs> Let me see if I can you find know, a- ancient. You know, that's that's the requisite here. Look, like when they came up with Captain Marvel in the Golden Age, I think they like threw that together in like five minutes. <laughs> oh. So it's the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the stamina of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the courage of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury. Those mm. are all the the quote unquote attributes. Wait, wait, wait. are they mixing Greek and Roman? In there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Greek, <laughs> Roman, and then Solomon just throw in there for for fun. Yeah, they're ancient. Yeah, they sure are, aren't they? <laughs> I'm I'm checking real quick to see if they. No, no, it's it's real weird. Um, that's the they they literally were just like, okay, Shazam's a good name. Let's uh, M M. Not a whole lot of Greek M's. <laughs> Mercury. Hey, that's Roman. No. <laughs> um, but all the kids have it. And then they all shout Shazam. And like they are like the Captain Planet sort of. of uh-huh. Like they're the Planeteers. And they summon Captain Thunder. Like I'm, I'm shocked we didn't get like a... Just like a with our powers combined, <laughs> we become Captain Thunder. <laughs> well, Captain Thunder's not as happy-go-lucky as he is in the other universe. He definitely has a big old scar across his face because apparently Wonder Woman gave him a big old scratch. Yeah, uh, that's one way to put it. It's pretty it, nasty. He, he's <laughs> and his costumes even like torn and things. Like, are there no seamstresses in the Flashpoint timeline? Well, he probably just disappears to wherever Captain Marvel is. When he or Captain Thunder is when he's not hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's kind of an interesting thing to think about. Where does where does he go? I don't know if it's gone into like does he cease to exist? Right. Is there some sort of pocket universe? Because Bill, because in the main comics, Billy like becomes him, but he's he still like thinks like Billy Batson. He's just this large adult. Right. But in this, he definitely seems to be like a different person. He's not like a weird gestalt entity of these six children. Right. Oh, which is. Oh. oh, I'm sorry. I also wanted to say when they shout Shazam, Takitani also like gets armor and turns into a super tiger. Yeah. Really cool. <laughs> but like, where did where do the six kids go? In the... Yeah, it didn't. It didn't actually seem to say if they went anywhere. Like, are they still there and, like, able to see and witness Captain Thunder? Or are they, like... Are they Have they become Captain Thunder? Do this! <laughs> Think less. 
Do you like that all of the heroes, even though it's a different universe, still like won't do anything unless Batman says so? <laughs> even though it's a different, angrier Batman? Now, I was a little unclear. Were all of those people assembled supposed to be heroes in this time? Because People with powers who might help out. Against the fact that, for whatever reason, Aquaman and Wonder Woman right. were, like, devastating all of Europe. I mean, because they say, like, you get all these people together in an actual room when they're not just holog- holograms, they would just wind up killing each other. Like, we know that Pied Piper and Citizen Cold, like, this, this are not nice fans Captain of each Cold. other. Citizen Cold, I want to see the movie where he, like, drops the snow globe and he just goes, like, Rosebud. <laughs> I don't know the reverence, but it sounds really funny. Oh, it's from the Citizen Kane, you know, widely considered by some to be the greatest movie of all time. I don't. Well, then you know by default that means I probably haven't seen it. <laughs> if it's a good movie that we haven't seen together, I probably haven't seen it. I just like the visual of Captain Cold dropping a snow globe and talking about Rosebud, which is the name of his sled. His sled has a name. Citizen Kane's sled is called Rosebud. Oh, I thought you were saying Captain Cold had a sled. I was like, (laughs) no, I'm just saying he would slot into the Citizen Kane role with the snow globe and the sled really easily. Oh, yeah, take my word for it. I guess (laughs) I will. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the the heroes together are just. I had to look so many of them up because Jeff Johns goes real deep. Like I had to look up Pied Piper. Yeah. I had to look up the outsider only to find out that this is like. This is a different outsider. And it's, it's like not a brand even, new character. Yeah. It's not even like the Alfred outsider. This character. outsider is a businessman who's from India. Mm-hmm. And he definitely wants to enslave the superhero Blackout. Yeah, he, I'm fairly certain he's supposed to be kind of a villain. Not a great dude. Well, yeah, but that was it. What is a. Uh, someone says, like, he's not bad. He just cares about money. And I'm like. That's bad. (laughs) Guess what? Like, greed is one of the big bads in terms of, like... Everything? Yeah. Plus, like, he never... Like, Blackout's like, why are we talking with this guy? He keeps trying to get me and, like, (laughs) make me power his whole country. And the outsider's like, oh, suddenly I'm the bad guy for wanting to (laughs) enslave you and power, like, 20 million people's homes or whatever. (laughs) He definitely tries to make an excuse about it. And, like, really put it in a, like... Hey, hey, you know, you were, let's think of the greater good here. Sort of, it seemed like that's kind of try, how he was trying to frame it, but it's definitely still not a great thing. Right. A couple of things I wanted to, to, to hit on. Gotham is super well lit in Flashpoint. Did you notice how neon everything is in Gotham City? Oh, yeah, there was a lot of neon lights. I guess it didn't really stand out to me as different than normal. I wonder I wonder if it was supposed to be like so in the main universe Gotham City is generally pretty dark drawn. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it looks kind of like you know like a, a a at night lit city, but this was like a brightly lit city. Mm-hmm. We had some big Wayne signs. I think there was like a casino uh or something like a Lucky 7 casino. Right. I wonder if it's supposed to be talking about how Batman he doesn't this Batman doesn't seem to necessarily have recurring villains because he probably kills them. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean we've got Thomas Wayne who was a businessman to 
begin. He's a doctor. A doctor, yes. But he's the Wayne Fortune's like ancient in all universes. Right. So I mean, it, it's apparent he's has business. I mean, his name's on huge buildings. Right. So, but it's also an interesting contrast to how he feels. Mm-hmm. Whereas in our main universe, Batman is this very like duty driven kind of character. Thomas Wayne does it like almost in like he seems a little bit more desperate. A oh yeah, bit more obsessiony. I mean, he pushes villains off the ledge into the alley where his son and wife died. I I caught that too because it it doesn't explicitly say it, but I was like, I think this is crime alley, which is what yeah. they call it. Yeah, like he's got some issues. I mean, not that Batman doesn't have his own issues, but he has some really unresolved issues. Right. It's in it's interesting. Thomas Wayne even enshrines the gun. Yes. I guess it's un- he doesn't seem to use guns, but it's unclear if he has the same like hang up as Batman. Like Batman doesn't use guns because it would like is like a childhood trauma. Yes. A couple of other things. Uh, Barry just gets owned a lot. He is the wharf of this crossover. He trips <laughs> early on. Well, he doesn't have his powers. No, but he's like he specifically like more than anyone else just gets like kicked a bunch by the plot. I mean, it's really lucky that when he is struck by lightning and doesn't undergo successfully a change into his flash powers, that he has a doctor there to bandage his body and help him kind of recover. Turn him into a bit of a mummy. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you think it was kind of wild how they just bandy about these entirely huge casualty numbers? They're just like 30 million people, 100 and whatever million yeah, 35, people. 35,000 people died when Superman's rocket hit Metropolis. I'm just like, these are a very large numbers. Like, well, yeah. Yeah. That. I mean, how, how many city blocks did they say it took out? Like 12 city blocks or something like that? Yeah. Well, and did you notice anytime they're in Metropolis, it's called New Metropolis, which implies they had to do some amount of rebuilding. Oof. So the bit with the pirates where it's like Deathstroke and he's a pirate and they've captured this. These are all characters that I my my DC, my lack of DC knowledge, just like I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. Well, and they're not even the same people that they normally are, nor are they the people that they are after this. No, it's really tough. And sometimes they don't necessarily use their names in a way. Well, anyway, these pirates are like just looking for undersea stuff in Europe. And there's the big reveal that like Aquaman flooded the crap out of Europe Mm -hmm. because even Paris is underwater, which that's pretty wild. Right. Because like the Eiffel Tower is barely sticking out and they were like doing Mm -hmm. some raids. And we, we get a little preview of that, that Europe's not in great shape when we hear from Iris, who's wanting to go there before to see what's left of Europe. So right. we kind of have this this preview, this idea that Europe's not in great shape. But then we really see it here. Right. But other than that, I feel like this scene was a little, like, long meandering and slightly unnecessary. Right. I was like... Mm. They're like, like, the pirates captured that poor guy and were, like, forcing him to, like, almost do, like, sonar pings or something. Right, right. I guess the point here is that we get to see Aquaman being bad. Yeah, and he and his... So normally his brother, the Ocean Master, is a mm-hmm. bad guy. But they're both bad guys. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's he's wears red. That's how you know it's bad, Aquaman. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You it, the one thing that kind of stinks about Flashpoint is so 
there's always like the concept in DC of the Trinity, which is Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. This is specifically a Flash centered crossover, so I get it. Like right. we don't get a ton of Superman, but like Wonder Woman, we don't get a ton of, and she's also terrible, which is a little unfortunate for poor Wonder Woman. Oh, that she's you know a a villain, kind yeah, of the villain in this, yeah. I mean, she's got some cool costuming going on. She does have a very cool costume, and she definitely does some big murders. Yeah. Terrifying use of the truth lasso. The lasso of truth? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the truth the lasso. The truth lasso. Yeah. One that makes you tell truths. Yeah, definitely interrogates Steve Trevor until he like has a nosebleed trying to resist it. Yeah. And he gives away everything about Lois Lane, who's working for the, the Even resistance. Even that he thinks she might be the prettiest woman he's ever seen. And then it cuts back to Wonder Woman and she's mad. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so later on, uh, we'll just we'll get to this real quick because it, it doesn't have a whole lot of bearing on the rest of these issues. But we get Lois Lane, who is who has not been found or anything and mm-hmm. is still... A member of the of 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 like she's trying to hook up with the resistance, and she does, and it's all these like really obscure DC English heroes, except the demon. So the demon is named Etrigan. Mm-hmm. We covered him a little bit in Crisis, and he always rhymes, and he was created by Jack Kirby, and I love him. <laughs> but the the rest of the people I had to write down. Oh yeah, the 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 cricket. One. The Canterbury Cricket. Canterbury Cricket. Yeah. Lady Godiva. Uh huh. Just saying, if there's. There's a superhero named Lady Godiva. I, I immediately just think about, like, Lady Godiva being the person who yes, went yes. through the streets of Coventry. Yes. I kept wondering, like, what's her power set? I, I don't know. We got Miss Hyde. And the grifter who leads the resistance. Yes. But again, man, I had to look these up other than Etrigan. They look really fun. They do look cool. I will have to see how much they go into them later on. I know. I'm like, if they don't get into them much and they have some, do they, they probably have some sort of mini series, right? They look oh, so cool. Oh, yeah, they do. They like, sure that, do. Just that one panel there of them, I'm like, ooh, I could read more of this. Right. They have you a know, cool reveal. Not really well known heroes, kind of off to the side, seem a little bit quirky. This is exactly my kind of comic. <laughs> Um, but then the entire time it's kind of being revealed through various expositions that there is a spy amongst like cyborg mm-hmm. kind of group. And it's very heavily hinted that it's Element Woman. Yes, because she's there kind of spying and listening in on the conversation where they talk about there must be a spy. But she also looks either confused or regretful as she because she sort of like turns into vapor and like goes away. Yeah, so I'm. Anxious to see kind of what happens with that. Yeah. Is that, is that like a little too obvious? Is right. It, like what's going on there? Right. Because she was super eager to get involved and join up with Cyborg. Yeah. And Shade the Changing Man from the Secret Seven is like, I'm going to use my coat's powers. She is a little bit mad. You're like. That's what you got? That Your 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 powers are a glowy vest <laughs> that states the somewhat obvious. <laughs> right. Anyway. Uh, I like Element Woman. I find her delightful in this comic, other than maybe her being a, a spy. I, I I need to I need to see more. Yeah, I like her energy, but uh, I need to see more. Yep. What do you think about Batman really taking a leap of faith on this entire story, having zero proof of it, other than the suit from his ring being 
the reverse flash, a person that Batman has, has never met before. He is simply a desperate man grasping at the hope that there's a way his son may be alive, even if it means that he's dead. I think for Bruce, he would believe nearly anything. I th- I think that that is I, I'm I'm with you on that one. Literally, he's like goes from like saying like the Flash is insane and like beating him up mm-hmm. to him going like Bruce is alive in my world and he's like how do you know Bruce mm-hmm. and just is totally cool with it. Even after he gets after they set up, he's like okay, I gotta become the Flash. I remember all the chemicals. I gotta get struck by lightning. It's cool. Get struck by lightning. The chemicals all burn and fly all over him. And then later he's like, we got to do it again. And Batman's like, no, okay, yeah, sure, let's do it again. (laughs) Well, it seemed like he was like, hey, you know, this isn't a great idea, but Flash still managed to make it up. Because Flash is, when he gets his powers back, he's got to go save Batman because he, like, flies off the roof in the explosion. Yeah, he doesn't, like, sit in the chair. Mm -hmm. He gets struck by very incidental lightning. Right. And it blows Batman off, and he, like, zooms down and catches him, and he's like, told you it would work. And we're like, (laughs) oh, But yeah, no, as a parent, I totally buy it. God forbid I ever lost a child. Like, I think I would do crazy things for the hope of them ever being back. Yeah. I think that's fair. And also, this world sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Although it it is th- one of the kind of main inner conflicts is that Batman doesn't actually seem to care about the world. He is just so tunnel visioned on his son's death and also the Joker. Yes. We'll get into the Joker in the next episode. I can't remember if it pops up, but I remember enough of it to want to talk about it. Right. Uh, it's a little bit different of a story. Okay. Yeah. Plus, Joker had that, like, Harley Quinn knockoff. I don't know what that was supposed to be. Still, like, Oh, Yo-Yo? Harley- Yo-Yo? No, I don't think it's supposed to be Harley Quinn. Oh, it just had a very similar feeling. She did. She's kind of a goofball. Batman definitely tried to kill her. <laughs> Goodness gracious. But yeah, there's, this is heavy on the death, but they love doing that in alternate timelines. Like, why wouldn't you just completely take things in a bonkers direction? It doesn't have to make sense at the end, because it will literally all get, like... Spoiler, this leads into a completely separate timeline, so things are going to get fixed. Right. So it's just a place to experiment with fun. I say fun. I don't know that it's necessarily like ha-ha fun, but just interesting takes on characters and scenarios that can exist for a short period of time. Yeah. I just wish things things didn't move, like the, the, the pages didn't fly by quite so fast. I feel like there's a lot of information I really wanted to absorb in this comic Mm. and like with the like the sort of decompression of this story it seems like i'm not getting everything that i want this was very much like a they're like well if you want to know more about batman maybe you need to buy the tie-ins i now i may be crazy but i feel like i didn't get the any of the see more in throughout uh, no editor's notes no editor's notes I think as you were buying it, you were very much just supposed to like know. But it's it's maybe kinda... there was some very heavy advertising in the paper books. I don't right, know. and maybe they don't do editors' notes if it's literally like the times were called like Flashpoint, Project Superman, Flashpoint, mm. Batman. Or I don't whatever. know. I just feel like sometimes I you really get beat over the head with it. The like the editors' notes. So maybe it was an editorial choice to leave it a little bit more clean. 
Yeah, maybe so. They maybe also maybe they wanted to make a clear distinction that you could just read this and you don't have to read the other ones. The Which other I ones I can appreciate. Yeah. And some of them were kind of neat if I recall. I think I have the issue somewhere in a box of mm-hmm. a few of the tie-ins. I got the Superman one and the Batman one, I remember. I think that might have been it. Mm. And it's interesting with this that our beginning narrator for this is Batman. Yeah, in kind of the narrative narrative captions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's revealed at the end of issue one, mm-hmm. if I recall who it was. Which it's just you kind of an interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective to start with. It, yeah. was, it was kind of a fun bit. And then I felt like they kind of did away with it a lot in the second issue. Well, right. I feel like they stopped with it like the moment we were like, "Oh, this is Batman's narration." Yeah, that would have been. It would have been interesting to keep it going. I would have liked that continuity. Yeah, I mean that. But then, would it have been a Batman story and not a Flash story if you're? Right. That's true. Did you appreciate how DC time works different than Marvel time? So if you go back in time and change something in Marvel, you just got a separate universe. You just got another one. Oh. But in this, that's not really how the universes necessarily work. They have, some of them have diverging points, Mm -hmm. but like things don't split off per se. So that's how like they go into Batman's like, well, why don't you just go back and change the timeline? And he's like, I can't because the time stream and negative force. and Well, see, Barry's got the positive speed force and Reverse Flash has the the negative speed force in comics. Mm-hmm. Convenient to the narrative. Right. So y- you can change time with the negative. And I love how Batman's like, maybe you just haven't tried hard enough. <laughs> I was thinking, <laughs> like, like, wait, Barry. you can in the show, though. Like, <laughs> maybe you need to just try, Barry, you big old slacker. <laughs> Why won't you change time? We should. So let's go on a little bit. Well, I feel like Batman really gets hung up on it because couldn't Flash just go back and save his son he's like well it seems pretty easy it's just uh if he could just do all this stuff why can't you just do all this stuff and he's like right it's not the way it works he's like well, why is that not the way it works <laughs> the way i want it to work <laughs> it's the way i want it to work but there's a late at night in the in this very in the very spartan bat cave in the dilapidated wayne manor you just notice batman with a square peg just trying to frantically jam it into a round hole Eventually, the square peg will just be, you know, like, beaten to death enough that it will fit. Yeah, that's kind of how it works. That's how Thomas Wayne works. That's how Thomas Wayne works. <laughs> it's interesting to see this very angry Thomas Wayne when the real Thomas Wayne was like this very sweet man. Well, loss of family can do things to a people. Turns you into a Batman. Mm-hmm. Interesting that he also just became a Batman and not some other kind of superhero. I mean, you got to have that. It's comics, of course, he became Batman. Yeah. So when they go to rescue Superman couple things I want to touch on. Mm-hmm. Poor Crypto, the super dog. Oh, I know his bones. Yeah. I remember in the tie-in, Crypto, the super dog. So, okay. I don't think this comes up in the main story, but they, one of the other projects they were working on that was, he was, there was subject one and subject two. Mm-hmm. So subject one was Superman, subject two is Crypto. Mm-hmm. There's a subject zero who's like a human being that they were experimenting on. Mm. And he was like, kind of evil and he could like influence people's minds okay and he influenced crypto to attack lex luther as a child oh and as a result the government put down crypto oh so subject zero did this because he wanted clark to suffer okay yeah and subject zero is if i recall it's is no is like has no analog in in normal dc huh okay 
Uh, I could be wrong, and I will try to. I will issue that as a correction in the the next episode. <laughs> but yeah, so this poor this poor little shrimpy Superman has just had like a rough life all through. Like he even like showed up with his with his dog as a little guy, and they killed his dog, and they just right. keep around his skeleton under a heat lamp or, or like a sunlight or something. Maybe trying to see if he'll like eventually regenerate. I don't know. It was messed up, right? And you could tell Flash knew because he was like, "What the crap." <laughs> Right. <laughs> and so they, they go and get Superman and we oh, get this big reveal. looking Superman. He is very, he's kind of like the, like, Frank Sinatra. Remember how in Frank Sinatra in cartoons, they'd be like, Frankie, and he'd be, like, hooked up to, like, like oxygen or, like, more blood. The joke was that, like, he was just real shrimpy. I don't think I've seen Frank Sinatra in a cartoon. Oh, in Looney Tunes? And they were like, that's Frankie. I mean, I watched Looney Tunes, but I don't remember that. But maybe I just didn't know who Frank Sinatra was when I watched Looney Tunes. Okay. Well, they they did a lot of jokes on him being, like, real slender. Oh. And, like... All right. Well, anyway, Superman is definitely not the, like, barrel-chested man that we expect. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he is a, he's a much, much scrawnier little soup, Superman. And they're like, Hey, we're going to get you out of here. And he's basically just like, <sighs> he's like Steve Rogers pre Captain America. He is. That is perfect. He is definitely Steve Rogers. He has not gotten his Vita rays, which in this case is just the sun. <laughs> right. So he's been sun deprived, which makes me wonder, like, how do they know that he was special at all? Right. Maybe they tested it. I can't. I can't remember. But so they break him out, and they're like, Batman is like furious. <laughs> He's like, "This is the guy. Right. <laughs> this guy hasn't ever had Wheaties in his life. He didn't just eat his Wheaties. Didn't eat his Wheaties today. He's never eaten his Wheaties. <laughs> he doesn't even know what a Wheatie is. <laughs> He's not. And he speaks like one word. Where they're like, "You got to come with us." And he's like, "Okay, or whatever." Yeah. Yeah. You almost wonder, like. If he's had a conversation ever. Mm-hmm. Well, they uh, say, like, has he ever talked to another human being? And it's like, well, he speaks English. Yeah, he's probably maybe talked to somebody. Uh, well, it's just kind of, it is kind of sad because we're used to, we're used to, like, Superman who looks like he probably just chowed down on, like, like steak and mashed potatoes. Like, mm-hmm. that's just. He plowed the field himself. Himself. And this is definitely just a very different pale Superman. And then they're like. Hey, Superman, help us fight these guys off. And Superman's like, uh, nope, bye. <laughs> well, I mean, kind of. He, he kind of lasers a dude's guns. But he's not like, oh, I can, like, fly. Like, I don't know if he's discovering his powers for the first time right now or if he's just like, I just need to get out of here and as far away from those awful people who killed my dog and imprisoned me as possible. He has a lot of trauma. Of course. As expected. Right. A lot of trauma seems to just be the flashpoint. Right? Yeah. Uh, It's worse than a soap opera. It is. It's just rough. You know, it's it's the land of of scrawny supermen and Captain Planet Marvels. And murderous Batman. The the most murderous Batman. Mm -hmm. The killinest Batman. (laughs) Um, But that's like... We're we're almost kind of stretching it out. I feel like not not a ton happens in this first three issues. I mean, I feel like you can unpack as much from it as you want because there's there's a ton of little nuances and little references and things. But in terms of actual, I mean, there's a lot to talk about, but there's not a lot of plot. I guess at this point, yeah. Flash finds out he's in the wrong timeline. Things are real crazy there. He gets his powers back. Time to fix it. Yeah, effectively. 
I mean, you can say it as short as that, or you can dive into all the fun bits like we did. We could have had a five-second podcast. We could have. All right. Well, but we... we didn't. <laughs> we didn't. We could have, but we didn't. Is that, is that our motto? We the title been. of this episode. We couldn't, but we didn't. We could have, but we didn't. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's go on to accolades. Accolades. What is the best line, Christy? All right. So my best line comes from when Batman and Flash and Cyborg are sliding down some poles or ropes or something when they're going to break Superman out. And we kind of get from Batman sort of a pained, like, ah, noise. And Flash asks, asks, you all right? And Batman says, just old. Yeah, we definitely get Batman with his, I'm getting too old for this, this crap moment. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, that was that was pretty fun. I mm-hmm. gotta I gotta I, give that one to you. I I enjoyed it. It was it was a very human moment and one of the the few slightly humorous moments. Maybe maybe it's not humorous to other people, but to me, somebody with just barely getting the tip of the iceberg of like the aches and pains of being old, like it just spoke to me. And he's got to be like fifty something. Yeah, he's so a he's... lot older than me. <laughs> He's a lot older than Batman. Yeah. Nor normal Batman. Mm-hmm. So my best line was something very sweet. Aww. Um, so Barry finds his, his mom. Yeah. And he Barry says, are you really here? And his mom says, of course. Right on time, like always. Aww. But this, this also references in the Silver Age, Barry was almost never on time. It was kind of a joke with him being the Flash. Mm-hmm. Was that he would go and solve crimes, but then he'd still be late to a date with Iris. And Iris would be like, Barry, you're always late, blah, blah, blah. And he's mm-hmm. like, sorry, wink. <laughs> I liked that his mom said right on time. It was very, it was very sweet because Barry, then they get a nice hug. You know, Barry hasn't seen his mom for a while. And that was kind of sweet. I feel like this is eventually yeah. going to be a real rough but- time. Okay, not to rain on your sweet parade, but as we read through the comic, I feel like, does Barry, like, live with his mom? Is it this mom, like, mom's coming to his work to meet up? Is this too much of a good thing, mom being alive? Just too much a part of his life. You know, nagging him about why he's not meeting women, going on dates. (laughs) I don't think he lives with his mom, necessarily. Okay, I kind of... There is a scene of him eating breakfast at his mom's place. So I don't know if he's still supposed to live there. It's like, hey, your mom's here, but you're also a loser. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I thought that bit was sweet. Yes. Just by yes. Itself. Not yes. There are some sweet moments with mom, but I was just like, hmm. A little bit too much going on with mom here. Maybe we need to go out and live our own life a little bit there. Is Barry's yeah. mom a helicopter parent in this universe? It seemed like it. My son is the Flash. He needs a kid. <laughs> Special treat. (laughs) What do you mean? I'm A (laughs) minus. Goodness gracious. So, uh, who's the greatest hero? Greatest hero for me was Lois Lane. Oh, for being just an ordinary, normal human with a just who spent eight months undercover in a war zone providing intel. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. All right, yeah, you got you got me on Where, that Where like the actual superheroes were like, do, 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 I don't know. Yeah, they're def- seems like a lot. Don't think I can do that. <laughs> they're definitely kind of kind of petering around, right? Like kicking a kicking a can down the road. And like, 
Lois has managed to stay undercover for eight months, where a Steve Trevor shows up and, like, immediately gets killed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, granted, yes. It seems like the Amazons don't really will... allow men, so that's a little bit more obvious, but... yeah. Um, Lois is doing really great stuff. She is. We don't see a lot of what she's doing in the comic, but it sounds like she's you been definitely up to great can't stuff. give it to Barry. He barely does anything. Right, right. I mean, he acknowledges that he's got to fix things and allows himself to be struck by lightning tw- two times. Yeah, as one which, does. Which you know is a little bit self-sacrificing. But what about your greatest hero? I'm gonna give it to Cyborg for being the only one who seems to actually give a crap in this whole entire yes, universe. He he was pretty darn good. I mean, working for the, the, the government, but seems like he's actually trying to get good stuff done. Yeah, as opposed to everybody else who has kind of self-serving interests. Yeah, this is very odd for superheroes. Flashpoint is the selfish universe. The selfish mm-hmm. of universes. <laughs> All right, what's the coolest moment? Uh, my coolest moment was the arrival of the Resistance. I thought that was so awesome. You know, Lois is kind of like trapped, like, what's going on? Then she finds the Resistance. And we get this fun panel of all these characters that we only see for this one panel in these three issues. But I was excited by them. It seemed fun. We had some fun lettering on there, too. To me, it was just a cool moment. It must have been since you, you, Christy, probably looked at these characters and were like, I don't know who these are, but they look great. Yeah, I'm like, they look so great. I'm actually going to look up who they are. They did kind of get a cool panel of like their their posing intro where they're like, what's up, Lois? Welcome mm-hmm. to the Resistance. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lady Godiva's got like some real long hair, so there's got to be some hair-based powers there. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. We'll find out. My coolest moment was Barry getting his powers back and then catching Batman and going like, told ya. That was a really cool, you know, and then, but did he already have... No, he didn't already have his suit on there, then yet. No, he, he was... just makes it a little bit later out of chemicals that are in there. And he's yeah. just like, boom, I made it. And I was like, maybe the chemicals need a little time, Barry. <laughs> like, maybe you can't just throw stuff together and make it work out. Maybe it's got to be on a spinner or heat up for the half an hour. You know, maybe this isn't a comic book, Barry. <laughs> maybe this is real life. <laughs> yeah, I liked that. Uh, do you want to do? Do you want to do some silly villainies? Yeah. Okay. Well, I've been going first. You start with your silly villainy. So mine is the outsider who calmly explains why it's totally okay for him to keep a human being as a slave to provide capital po- capitalist power to his entire nation. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty bad. I was like, what? <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, this is totally fine. I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, he's talking about clean power. I'm like, well, at least they're, at least he's trying to be green with his enslavement. At least he's trying to be green is like the most like, ugh, okay. <laughs> so my silly villainy goes to the reverse Flash uh, just for his little moment where he just kind of like sneaks past Barry's mom and is like, how nice to see you alive and well, Mrs. Allen. And then it's just gone. Yeah. Just shows up to just it's, taunt, and it, it's not even like her. his full image. It's very much like a like outline of like speed forciness. Right? And that's it. He doesn't do it again. Right. <laughs> He's just there. Nice to see you alive and well, this is <laughs> just to make her do a little like, huh? What's somebody say something? She, I was like, what? what she's in line at thing? McDonald's and he's like, You better get the big chicken, Mrs. <laughs> Allen. <laughs> oh. 
Ten for two. <laughs> I would like to have points in my life where I'm just doing things and the reverse flash just shows up to kind of taunt me. I get on a treadmill and he's like, only speed five, Mr. Edelman. I'm like, what? Who said that? Motivational coach, the reverse flash. <laughs> There's a lot of hair coming out in that train. <laughs> Maybe they'll need, need a little Rogaine there, Mrs. Settlement. He's been spending enough time with your kids. Oh, goodness. We're getting a little too silly in the end here. This is the fifth listicle today, Mrs. Settlement. Oh, that one's too true. Uh, readers, Christy... L- Christy loves listicles. I am not on Reddit. I refuse to make an account, but I consume it secondhandedly through the worst listicles with the worst pop-up ads and clickhole bait ever. Christy gets a Reddit contact high through listicles. (laughs) All right. Well, that's that's going to be our episode. We had a lot of fun talking to you about Flashpoint and getting a little bit off track. Next time we're going to be continuing Flashpoint and we're going to open it up for questions again like we did last time. Also, we're going to need to hear you you all's input on this. So we currently have a Kofi, mm-hmm. which is a way to donate to us in $3 increments at www.ko-fi.com slash Chris's on Infinite Earths. We're still waiting on that $999,999 donation. Yeah, any day now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we were thinking about starting a Patreon. Mm-hmm. And we kind of wanted some input on what kind of stuff you would want from a Patreon. We could provide a little bit of bonus content, but probably not like a more than one episode a month. Like that is unless we were to get some serious <laughs> Patreonage. Early episode releases. Definitely a thing that could be done as well. Yep. Maybe some input on what we're going to be doing in the future. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if I think if we got enough, I wouldn't even mind I wouldn't mind throwing in some short little weekly comic reviews or covering in short reviews like current mm-hmm. current events or anything like that. It'd just be be swell to be able to make at least some of the money that we spend just paying for hosting. Yeah, that would be really swell. That's like that's literally like the full extent of a goal and the rest would be fine. So let us know if you think a Patreon would be a good idea, if you'd want to contribute to it and what sort of things you'd want to see from it. Because if we made one, we'd really want to gear it towards you, the reader, the the reader listener. Right. We obviously wouldn't want to set something up that nobody's interested in. The rewards are just jars and jars of sauerkraut. Why is nobody paying for this? (laughs) Actually, sauerkraut's great. Okay. Uh, And... I don't know. Shipping groceries, I think you can... That sounds kind of expensive. It sure does, especially sauerkraut. Mm -hmm. It'd have to be (laughs) hand-delivered. Hand-delivered sauerkraut. (laughs) Tell you what, if we somehow make like $10,000 a month, I'll hand-deliver some sauerkraut. Oh, great excuse to travel. (laughs) All right, what are you checking? Uh, Just uh, like six... Disclaimer, Chris has never made sauerkraut. Uh, I've fermented peppers. It can't be that different. 
But yeah, I've never made a sauerkraut. <laughs> anyway, um, if you want to get in touch with us, again, yes, let us know about Patreon stuff through Twitter or email us or however you'd like. But if you want to get catch us on Twitter, we're at Chris's Pod, also on Facebook. We love five-star reviews on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher. And if you review us, we'll shout you out on the show. Mm-hmm. And our email is Chris's on Infinite Earths at gmail.com. And we really love to hear from you on that as well. I mm-hmm. actually don't think we've gotten a single listener email. No, mainly used for correspondence with guests and uh, all of our various automated emails from our hosting site. Yeah, but uh, we've gotten a few extra messages on Twitter in the the past few weeks. Like people have found the show and that's actually, it's nice to hear. I'm so sorry to those of you who bring up really um, like some of our early episodes. Uh, we don't particularly always remember the nuances and details because it's been a long time since we've recorded them, but we love talking about them with you. Mm-hmm. And until next time, slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours. <laughs>